And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. And we had a big UFC 290 from Las Vegas. My man, Josh Thompson, is all sitting there happy. Look at him smiling because he thinks that he made some money on some bets. He went crazy with some of those bets, but some of them turned out. And but is hold it, hold it. But you did bet when you, you gave a bet that Bo Nickel could get knocked out in the first round. Just switch yeah. it around, you would have been really good there, man. Almost that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't. I was. I was went on all in, man. But you know, it was just funny because you know, in those kind of bets, you just have to put. You know, ten bucks down, twenty bucks down, just to yeah. see what happens. I mean, he was a plus two, twenty seven hundred. I think is what I put it. Twenty nine hundred. I think twenty nine hundred. Yes. Yeah, I was like, come on, man, come on. Why, why not just put twenty you bucks? Just, down? You, you're always trying to hit the big one, man. Yeah, I know. It's like, dude, you you go to the Kentucky Derby and you put fucking money on the jackass. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Yep. You go to the Derby, right? There's like 10 races in a day or something at the Derby. I was at the Derby a couple of years back. And, and uh, yeah, you go you go early. You start betting on the races early. It's like, you know, you bet $2, bet $6, bet $4, whatever. But feel confident about it, whatever it is. So it's not a lot because you're there all day and having fun. You don't want to lose your house. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, so, uh, but, you know, I'm definitely the guy that will bet on the jackass. Might as well put a dollar on him to see what happens. He's like he's like a plus, you know, seven thousand. You might as well. Yeah, there you go. You man. never know. I got a chance. You know, maybe, I got a chance. Maybe then, maybe the nine other horses ate a bad apple or some shit. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but in this in this situation, it was. John, you know what it was is that I didn't go by who won. I went by I went by who won, but I went by they won in what round, and so that's what my odds were. So it was um, I ended up doing pretty well in certain in certain uh certain stuff so i think came away with what a little over six hundred dollars not too bad Boom. not too bad on a fit on a fifty dollar bet that's a so, good that's um, a good night the, man they actually paid you to watch yes yes get? thank god because it was ninety dollars or eighty six dollars by the time i got done you know paying for it all uh right. but it was uh yeah we, you know we had talked about because we do we do a little segment called waiting on the odds and uh we hadn't done it in a while we kind of got away from it when we got away from our uh one of our sponsors and we decided, you know, like last show, I was like, you know what? There should be some good odds in this fight. So let's talk about it. So we brought it up and we started talking about it again. I think we'll kind of bring that back just mainly for the pay-per-views. Maybe we'll do it, you know, for some of the, for some of the big time, like, um, main, main event fights. But, um, but I looked at the odds, you know, I mean, like when, when I started looking at it and breaking it down round by round, I saw that Volk was Yair, Yair, Duplessis, and these guys, Duplessis, people were correcting me Duplessis. how I was saying it, Duplessis, it was that if I picked it by the round, right, because I, I ended up going with Duplessis in the in the third, in the second and the third, um, and bro, he ended up, like I said, that $150 bet ended up making me about a little over 600 and then it had, ugh, I was killing myself. I put another fifty dollars on Yair to win in rounds to win to win in rounds two and three, and I picked and I picked Volk to win in four and five. But I was also thinking because I did the same thing with Whitaker and uh, and Duplessis on them overlapping in that second round. I had Duplessis in rounds one and two, and I had Whitaker in rounds two and three. 
So I overlapped them, but I didn't overlap this fight, and it was killing me because had who I told had you? I overlapped and no, 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 who did. told you? You said like John, you you did, John, you did. You I was about to get get you, John. You got to give me time to get to that but part where I was listen. gonna, I was gonna, but I was gonna pump you for a second. You know, I was gonna give first you the, I was second. gonna give you the, the fist bump just for a second. Though. You give me the high heart. Okay, so if I if I if I give you. <laughs> if I, if I give you too much pump, bro, that head's gonna explode. It barely fits on the screen right now as it is. is. Um, it's just look, I just was killing myself. I'm like, ah, you know, you know what, John? Here's the other thing. I did the very similar bet um with Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. I took it by round and I had I, I ticked, I said like Conor would, I said uh Floyd would beat him by like rounds, you know, I think it was like rounds four, four on up. And I stopped it. I stopped it round at round nine, and he ended up beating him in round ten. Round ten. Like, Damn. Same thing. Same <laughs> thing happened. Same thing happened here. So I mean, I had a little. I had a couple other side bets on that, on how um, on how Floyd would have beat Connor, and I ended up making pretty good money in that fight. But this fight, this was just I just so mad at myself because I actually thought stopped and thought about it to overlap them. You know, round. I'm like, nah. I think by that time, yeah, year will still be a. He'll still be kind of still be good in the third round. I said in those championship rounds, he'll start to fade. Man, I would I would have won like a pretty good pretty good amount of money last night had I had I just overlapped that shit. I'm so killing much myself for right the now, kids John. getting upset about shoes. Man, <laughs> bro, I could let me show you a video of how many shoes these fucking little rag rug rats have. <laughs> I'll uh, always fill with them. Um, anyways, well, look, settling in Texas, weather was beautiful yesterday. Um, what a great time, man! It's beautiful, beautiful outside, and uh, it hasn't been too hot. You were talking, we were talking back and forth yesterday, and uh, you said it's human hot. You know, it got. You know, it's funny. The storm rolled in yesterday a little bit, and it started like lightning and thunder, but it was only. It never really sprinkled a tiny bit, but man, it went from being like a dry heat to like humid within twenty minutes. And it was, oh, yeah. I was, I was sitting out, sitting outside. I was like, man, it's pouring down sweat. And then after the storm rolled by, I felt it was back to dry heat. It was pretty, it was, uh, it was different. Normally when it's humid, it feels like it's humid all day. It wasn't humid all day yesterday. It was nice. I like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, John. What do you think? I'm enjoying it. It is. Well, overall. refreshing. Overall, what was your impression of UFC 290? What score would you give it? We normally, oh, I'd give it a nine. Normally, nine, start maybe talking nine. About, it was nine point five. I, nine, yeah, I was gonna say I give it a nine, nine point five. It was it, it was, was a great night of fights. The, the reason why the only reason why I wouldn't honestly, the only reason I wouldn't give it a ten. Uh, this the 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 Duplessis and Izzy thing in the middle of the cage really bothered. That me. was ugly. It's not. That was ugly. People are laughing. People think it's funny. That's just not funny, man. That's not funny. Not, it was ugly. It's, it's not funny. It's stupid. It was it's, just. It, it just we're, we're, looked right, bad. It's we're in a we're in a we're in a country right now. We're in we're in a country right now where this type of shit needs to go away. Just it needs to go away. Like you can't be saying doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're black. Doesn't matter if you're white. Just look if you know that it's it will racially spark some more problems across the country. Please don't. As a role model, and look, and I love Izzy. It doesn't matter. I love Izzy, and I think oh, Izzy yeah. is. I understand what Izzy was trying to do, trying to get under his skin. I get all that. 
but we're trying to say we're still trying to set an example for for young children and there's young children in that in that arena there's young children that were sitting at home watching i mean my kids were sitting in the room listening you know because they were you know worship word they usually watch the fights with me that's just not you're gonna we're gonna lose fans because of that bottom line is you're gonna lose fans people are gonna be like man this is what they say this is how they talk I love Izzy well, as a fighter. I think Izzy's a fantastic fighter. Um, you know, like when guys like Mike Perry say it, you know, like it's a one-off, you know, it's it. now everyone laughs and jokes about it because he had his 23 and me, you know, um, but <laughs> and he's got, he's got like an eighth of it or whatever. I don't even know what it is. It's such a small amount, but, <laughs> but look, it's not, it's not, it's not at that level of the intensity in which it was said. It's not okay because we all know that South Africa went through a really uh, a really tough time during um, the apartheid, and just and then also too with uh, with Izzy being being black. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense, John, to 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 ignite that flame. It just doesn't make any sense. All to do what promote a fucking fight, brother? You are so good, and this guy just upset yep. Robert Whitaker. We were we were on here last week talking about. Man, Rob Whitaker's the better fighter all the way around. Apparently not. Nope. <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, we you know it's like, and that's all you need. You you can say, look, I am African. You know what I am. You know, like you know. But if you look at my roots, yeah. But the to throw the words around to be, and you have young children in the arena. It turned me off. It turned me off, man. Like I said, I got young young kids inside the room listening to this, and it's like. It's not, it's not a, it's not a thing that that's how, <clears throat> when we said, when we talk about how kids are inherently good, hearing, hearing things like that on TV, what is what makes them go to school and cause and, and say things that they don't realize they're saying. And that's not a good thing. That's, that's how, <clears throat> that's how things like this expand even more. And we're trying to get rid of these type of things. So anyways, look, I don't want to carry on too much about that. I just think it was, I would have given it a probably closer to a 10, but that right there, that whole, that part of the show really, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like stuck in a position where like my kids are cuddled up with me and wa we're watching the, watching the fights and it just, it wasn't. Yeah, I was watching it. I was watching it with a couple of people and they were, they were sitting there going, wow, that's just ugly. Mm -hmm. They go, yeah, that's not a good, that's definitely not yeah. a good look. And I don't think the UFC is going to be happy with the, the way that played out. In the end, they're going to look at that and go, yeah, yeah that was yeah. not good. We need, we need to have Dana something did, different. Dana did say in the post-fight press, are they? He doesn't, like, he's like, these guys are fighters. I don't, as he can say whatever he wants. Yeah, no, I, I well, he's, he's always said that. I, you know, Dana's always been, you know, hey, we don't tell guys what to say, and he doesn't. You know, he they give them free reign to, you know, be able to, you know, put out what they want. But in the end, when you're looking at the entire situation, it's, there's just no point to it. Yeah. It didn't help in selling the fight. It did not. No. You know, and it's a matter of, look, Driscus is from South Africa. He's African. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are people that are, you know, from Africa that aren't black. Yeah, big deal. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. Who gives a shit? You know, it should be a really good fight. They got two different styles. Mm -hmm. And I think Izzy's going to touch him a lot. But I'll tell you the one thing I saw again, 
And I thought Whitaker had the power that could really stop Driscus from coming forward. Well, oh, that dude's got a chin, man. He got a fucking rock for a chin. He is, he is in shape. He's got cardio. He is a tough son of a bitch. It's going to be an interesting fight. But let's talk about this in order, the way that we should. Let's go from the man who put on a performance and a half again. Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Yair Rodriguez. That was a beautiful performance by Volkanovsky because he, he had his plan. He knew what he wanted to do. You could tell, you know, as soon as he got the takedown and he started forcing him towards the cage, it's telling you something. I think that I can just manhandle you and control you and keep you from being able to use it to get up. He did for the most part throughout it. He did some damage. Uh, you know, Yair was trying to throw elbows from underneath and he got a little, you know, a couple of them in there and stuff. But you, it's people don't understand, Josh, the difference between the power that is created from someone being in the top position compared to the power of someone that's on their back. And yes, you can cut somebody. You can. And cuts are, you know, they're part of the sport and they can have an effect. I'm not saying they can't. But when you get cut like Vulcan, that's a nothing. You know, it's not going to do anything and it doesn't really truly damage you. Where the shots that Yair was taking, those become damaging and they become something that lasts throughout the fight and you don't recover from. And it just systematically starts to break you down and degrade you as in your abilities to do what you're so good at. You know, there was a couple times on the feet, your ear looked really good. That the first question mark kick he threw was like, well, that was nice. Just missed, but it was really nice the way he did it, the way he set it up, everything. But Volkanovsky, he's, he's got that fucking style, man. He, he will take shots. He will look for that opening. He doesn't rush. He doesn't panic. And he just sets about doing what he and his team have planned for him to do against that opponent. And, you know, I think he gave uh, Yair Rodriguez a ton of respect, you know, in watching the fight and the way that he went about it. He was giving him respect on the feet. He knew this guy's dangerous, man. He can pull out a lot of stuff. And he gave, you know, space at time and he did some things, but he always went back to being the guy that was going forward. And you got to give it to him. He he dismantled a very good fighter in Yair. I think you know, when we were talking last week, Yair's good. He's good. You know, he's good off his back. Yes, he's good on the feet. He's amazing as far as the the plethora of of damn techniques that he uses in a fight. But you can only take so many shots, and everyone breaks down at a different you know level. And with Volkanovski, you can only take so many before it starts to deplete you. And that's what happened in this fight. Did you feel like the moment got to him a little bit? <clears throat> because I feel like he gave away the first round. As soon as he got, as soon as he got taken down when uh, Volk caught the kick and got the easy takedown, there was no sense of urgency to get back to your feet. And, and we all, I think he should have known. I think most of the majority of us knew that Volk's um, game plan was to potentially take him down, control that top position sure. after seeing how well Volk did against uh, Islam in the wrestling department, even getting back up, even trying to threaten to get takedowns, all of those things. Um, we, we, we've kind of figured that his, his game plan would be to take uh, a year down. Did you think though that like, cause I, when I watched that, he, there was no sense of urgency to get back up. He was kind of cool. Just hanging out on the bottom. Like, 
you can't afford to give away a round to someone who is obviously one of the most physically fit athletes in the world. <clears throat> and he showed that in his last fight with a bigger guy or a heavier guy or someone that feels supposed to be physically stronger than you going up in weight class. He was still pushing away and, you know, in that fifth round, he was winning that fifth round. And in this fight, <clears throat> Yair just seemed like he clammed up a little bit in the first round after he got taken down. Second round, pretty much the same thing. Kendo kind of had a little bit more of a focus on getting back to his feet. But in the second round, he did kind of the same thing. He kind of was comfortable just hanging out on the bottom. I'm not getting, I'm not taking a lot of damage. You know, no real reason to kind of, you know, push myself to get back up, give up a position. You can't afford to do that. You got to get up. And I felt but like he, he was taking damage. I think the moment he was a cut a little bit, John, but like, look, the cuts were happening, but it wasn't like he was getting hit with a ton of big shots. He got hit with a couple shots that cut him. And then that started to wear on him. I think I agree with you <clears throat> that look, when you do get cut, it starts changing the dynamic of how you fight and how you, um, you know, and, and just your energy level, everything changes after you start, you know, basically filling the blood puddle up in your eyes, starts going in your mouth. You start, you know, it's kind of starts, it starts getting hard to breathe. If it's coming through your nose, all of those things start to have an effect on how you fight. I just looked at it that I felt like he kind of clammed up in the big fight. This was something that, you know, we started seeing a little bit more of the real Yair in the third round early in the third, and then he got clipped and then it was all downhill. I just I felt like he kind of clammed up. You don't think so? I think he went out there with his game plan that he was going to be able to stay on the feet and mm -hmm. and fight Volkanovski at you know a range that he was able to utilize those front kicks and everything, and he did that in sporadic moments, <clears throat> but he wasn't able to maintain it. Yeah. And I I agree with you. In my opinion, he needed more urgency on getting himself back to his feet. You cannot stay there on the ground and just take shots. You know, you're you're losing not only even if you're not being damaged a lot, you're losing the round, and you can't give too many rounds away to someone like Volkanovski no. because they're hard to make up. Yeah, he's gonna make you earn every single round that you lost already. He's gonna make you earn every minute of that round if you're gonna win it. And yeah. the first two, it felt like he just kind of was like, "Okay, I'm good down here." Look, I thought I expected more out of him, but I mean, Dave, can you click on him? How old is he? Twenty seven. He's still young, I believe. Yeah, he's still young. Oh, he's 30. 30. He's 30. He's got, still got some time, though. He's still young. So, in there, he's got four more years, I think, and he'll make another run at it, uh, depending on what Volk does. Uh, he's 15 and four. Who were his losses to? I know one's to Frankie Edgar. <clears throat> Frankie Edgar. Max Holloway. Max Holloway, and then one early in his career. Got it. Where's that one? I got it, got it, got it. There it is. So, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, you know, look, I'm more interested to find out exactly where Alexander Volkanovsky goes from here. I mean, look, the Taporia fight is definitely there in the, in the, in the, in the background, kind of, you know, waiting to be, who is he calling uh, out on? Yeah. Who he is was, he calling out? You know, you admire him for that. I admire him for that okay. because I mean, yeah. most people, can you pull up the rankings there for us, Dave? Look, most people would say, hey, you know, like Max is getting his wins. Max is, but they've already fought a couple times. What do you do with them? You know, the Brian Ortega fight was a very good fight, but you know, uh, Brian had his moments, I think in round three with the guillotine and the triangle. But then after that, it was all Volk again. Um, you've got Arnold Allen there, but uh, Arnold's coming off of a loss, correct? Yep. Yeah. So Arnold's coming off of a loss. You got Taporia. 
I mean, I understand why they would push Taporia ahead of uh, Max and Brian and those guys. Uh, I just, I feel like Taporia needs one more fight. And whether it's against Max, whether it's against, you know, uh, Yair, I, I don't know. But I don't know. I, I, want, I feel like he needs one more fight. But then again, you're going to have Max sitting around waiting. And not Max, but Volk sitting around waiting for, for an opponent. If you do that, unless he goes up to 55 again. So <coughs> we will see, man. I, and then, uh, I think Tapuria is the opponent. I think uh, we talked about it before. I think that's the right sense. opponent at this time, especially the way he's fighting. You know, he's been dominating people. Yeah. And dominating good fighters, <clears throat> you know, taking guys that, you know, are, are great submission guys and submitting them and doing the things that you look and you go, yeah, you're doing all the right things and you put yourself in, in a position. To where now the champ is actually calling out your name, saying, "Oh, you know, you think you're, you're something, you know? I, you know, I want to show you that you're not. That's 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 the whole yeah. game right there. That's what you want to do. So I think that's a great. To me, that's the matchup that makes sense. Tapuria is still undefeated. If you're Volkanovski, again, you got to find, and you know, even you talked about it. Ah, oh, what's his mentality going to be coming off the loss? Is that going to affect him? You know, anything like that? Well, you can see. No, he, he's got a super strong mentality. But it is always good to have those things that help motivate you. And when you take a look at someone that has not been defeated, that's a good motivator. It's one of those things you go, oh, I want to be the, the person that puts the big old mark on that zero. I want to get rid of that O oh, and I want, I want to be the one that does it. That's the kind of things that you're looking for is the champ. It helps. It helps motivate you. It helps get you in the gym, and it helps keep you, you know, working hard. And it's obvious, you know, that dude works hard. That that dude is a stud. Yeah, you know, you and I were texting back and forth right when he walked out. I said, you know, he looks a little smooth. Like his body looked a little smooth. Yeah, a little smoother. <clears throat> Either yeah. he overtrained a little bit, which he probably, I think, I, he probably does quite a bit because he is in such phenomenal shape. <coughs> Excuse me, but um. That or maybe maybe the maybe the shoulder was giving him or the pro, you know he said his arm he's got to have surgery on his arm maybe his arm's giving him some issues and he wasn't able to do the camp that he wanted but he still looks fantastic he looked great I'm looking forward to seeing who he fights next I could see Tapuria being next I think that's probably the best fight for him given Tapuria yeah. is undefeated correct <clears throat> so Tapuria is still yep. undefeated why try why have him fight somebody in the middle there that potentially um, potentially beats him and then you lose that guy yeah, and the opportunity for him to fight for the title. Yeah, then you lose all the luster in that fight. And then it'll be against somebody that Volk's already beat. So give him the fresh new blood. You know, that'd be a, that'd be a good yeah. little go. So, I mean, the two of them stylists, I think, match up pretty well. I mean, how do you see that fight going, Taporia and Volk? Again, you take a look and you say, man, Taporia has just looked fantastic. In everything that he's done, you cannot complain about it. There are... Areas of his stand-up before where I thought he had openings, he was really tightened things up. But you don't know until you're in there against the guy that, you know, gives everyone problems. The guy who is able to figure out how to break you down. The guy who is able to, you know, put you into uncomfortable positions. You know, I look at it and and, and no matter what, Tapuria is just a stud in every fashion, but... You're looking at you. Volk is the favorite in this. He's the man mm -hmm. right now. But Tapria is the guy that I look at and say, stylistically, he's got all the skill sets to give Volk problems. Yeah. 
So then where do you match? Uh, who do you think's next for Yair? <clears throat> you know, with Yair, it's, it's one of those I would look and say, I, being the UFC and the way they do things, and it's a little bit off on the scheduling as far as how long. I, you could say that it's Max Holloway versus Yair, but Max coming off of a win, and that was against Arnold Allen. Max has already got a win against Yair. Arnold Allen versus Yair Rodriguez mm. would be the fight that I would set up. That's going to give me a one of them is going to come back with a win, mm-hmm. be on track. I can go from there. I agree. I think that's the perfect fight to to match up. Two of them coming off losses, and um, one of them needs to get a win so they can keep them, you know, in that top echelon yep. of uh, of, of yep. uh, rankings. I agree, man. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's go with the co-main. Who's the co-main? Man, you take a look at that freaking fight was phenomenal. Both of those guys came out and put on just a hell of a show. Pantoja against Brandon Moreno, the champion. Josh, I mean, what more could you ask for from two guys? Because they fucking, they just bit down, fucking did everything they could to fucking put their opponent into bad spots. A little bit different in the way that, it ended up as far as who was doing what. That's a question when it comes to the scoring of the fight. But anyone that sits there and it says, oh, it was a robbery. No. God damn it. Please. Pantoja fought one hell of a fight. And I'll tell you what. He took some big shots. Oh, yeah, he did. Some big shots. And fucking came, you know, and multiple times, you know, sitting there, oh, he's hurt. And, you know, the guy that I'm watching, he says, he's not hurt. I go, he's fucking hurt. Oh, I can tell you right now. You can see it, the way his body was moving, but stood in there, went for the takedown, tried to slow it down so he could get himself back. And Brandon Moreno, just the kid, I'll watch that kid fight anytime because he's just a gamer. He goes after people. He doesn't quit. He's got heart. I mean, you could, you couldn't ask for a better title fight. You know, that went to a decision and split decision made sense because you got three judges sitting in different spots. It's a, you know, a difficult fight. You're going to see different things happening in it. Split decision victory for the new champion in Pantoja. Now he's three and oh, basically against Brandon. But you got to look and you say, I got to have a fourth. Yeah, I got to. It's sad I know it's that... weird. It's it's kind of it's kind of like that. Remember when Pitbull was fighting Daniel Strauss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pitbull was beating Strauss, but you had to go, man. I got I got to put fucking Strauss back in there. He gave him problems. He had him in trouble. He did this. Yeah. It's this is one of those. Yeah, I look at it though too. Is that like the 125 pound division is just. Um, it's just crushed with the with all these rematches, you know. But it's a fun fight, <clears throat> you know. They um. Yeah. It's been plagued. It's been plagued, I should say, with all these rematches. But look, they've been they've been great fights. They're action packed from beginning to end. They've got you know the they've got the power to actually drop people and make it happen. Like they're this these the figgy fight with Moreno's. All of them were pretty damn good. One of them was a little slow. Uh, but then this fight here started off really fast. I was concerned that when Pantoja, Pantoja came out, he came out super aggressive, and I was thinking yeah. to myself, this is a five round fight, buddy. You know, yeah, and I, dude, I, know. I I had seen that he had never uh, gone past the fourth round before. And so I was thinking to myself, you got to be careful, you know, using this kind of energy against 
Brandon Moreno because he's someone that has the gas tank still left in the fifth. And he's been there so many times, he knows what it takes. Man, he fought his ass off. <clears throat> I did have it 3-1 going into the fifth. I'm not sure how people scored the fifth because uh, he was kind of just hanging out on the back and it was there not a lot of action going on. And, you know, they were letting it, you know, kind of just continue on. But, I mean, how did you score the fight? You had a 3-1 who? Going into I had a 3-1 Pantoja going into the fifth. I had a 3-1 Brandon Moreno going into the fifth. Really? Yeah. What rounds did you have him? Because I had, I yeah, two, wow. three, four, two, and, and, three, and here, four. And this is well, and this is why. And people got to look at. Obviously, Pantoja. It's easy to say Pantoja wins the first. Yeah, easy to say it. He knocks him down. He did you know great work in it. The second round goes to uh, Moreno. I think that's pretty simple. So yeah, those two, you can you can put to the side. The third round, Moreno hurt Pantoja multiple times and was going after him. But Pantoja was getting the grappling situations. But when he would get the takedowns, Josh, he was not looking for the, he wasn't going after a submission. Okay. He had one face crank that he, he kind of started to put on and then it went away pretty quick. And he was he was always in that position. He was trying to control, while Moreno was when he was strike he was trying to put him put him out, and Moreno was landing the heavier shots. Now, I'm okay with someone says, "Oh no, I, I thought Pantoja." It's close, and it's the way you're looking at. It. I'm always gonna go to the guy who is trying to end the fight, not the guy that's trying to now <clears throat> slow the fight down and control. The fight because I'm being hurt. I need to slow this and change change what's occurring. That's what I saw in the third round. That's why I give it to, to Moreno. Mm. Fourth round, you you take a look at it. I think all the judges went with Moreno. He won that round. And the fifth round, I don't know how you can give it to uh, Moreno. I thought that was a pretty simple one that Pantoja, mm -hmm. although he didn't do any real damage in it, he had the back. And he was able to control most of that round throughout where Moreno wasn't able to be offensive. And you got to give it to Pantoja as look at he won it off of the grappling and stuff like that. So it really comes down, in my opinion, who you gave that third round to. It's who you give the third round to is who you're going to say won that fight. And so that's why it's a close fight. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had like I said, I had a three one going into the fifth, and the fifth, <clears throat> I think, secured it all up. I mean, I could have given maybe one more round to to Moreno, but I think, um, yeah, I thought I thought Pantoja. I felt like he just landed the harder, the harder shots. I felt like he was. You look at Moreno and how bloodied up he was. He, he felt like he did more damage. That Pantoja's shots had more of an effect and did more damage. Um, the way that Pantoja's hair is, the way that he was, he was bloodied up also. And he looked, I think <clears throat> the same, something similar happened with Trevor Prangley when he fought Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Horn. He looked yeah. tired and that has an effect. I really do believe it has an effect on the judges. When you look like you're tired, then he would explode. Boom, boom, boom. And then he would go back to like, kind of just ugh, like you can see his body get depleted, yeah. but then he would, then he would fight hard again. And so Bought I'm like, them. oh man. I bet. The right side of Pantoja's face today mm. is a mess. <laughs> he, you talk, he got hit with so many left hooks that were solid. 
Solid. He got, so, he got hit with so many jabs, John. The jab he was got, like, he, he got, looked like a fucking Pez dispenser just snapping his head back. <laughs> fucking, dude, dude. It just yeah. was... Dave's going to cut that yeah, clip and just I, I use was, it over and over. Dude, dude. I was <laughs> so impressed with the shots that he was able to take in that fight because, man, he showed he's, he's got a beard because, man, he took some big shots, shots through the body. Brandon Moreno had that one sequence where he had beautiful. He threw a beautiful hook to the body, brought it right back up to the head and landed both. And you look and you go, man, that was sweet. But. I was I was a little bit you know in listening to the coaching you know people are talking about that too and it's like coaches know what they need to say to their fighters don't go off of you know because the coach says yeah we're you know we're we're up but as soon as he goes but we need this round that's telling you he doesn't think he's <laughs> I don't know you know and it's it's then that's fine and that's what you had you had you know you had uh, Pahumba yeah. on one side, you know, trying to tell, you know, Pantoja what, you know, hey, I need this round. Yeah, you're up. I, I need this round. Well, that's telling you that truthfully, he goes, I don't know. I don't know where we're at. And it was the same with Sayud on the on the other side with Moreno. And that's what you're supposed to do with your guys. Mm. I thought the fight was fantastic. It yeah. could have gone either way. Both guys gave it everything. And... uh Pantoja came out on top, and I, I can't wait to see number four. Yeah, I wonder if they're people with the rankings there, Dave, uh, at the 25s. They, I and wonder who they're we going to talk. This you is what we're talking right about. To the said, same thing. If you're Pantoja and you've already beaten him twice, you're saying, Man, I've beaten you twice. And he kind of said it. He goes, But man, he got a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, do you throw in somebody like a Royval or uh, Albazi? You know, in the middle there. Yeah. And yeah, then you, you can. I mean, <clears throat> you don't have to go straight back. It's a it's a matter of in this situation, Moreno just won the belt. Mm -hmm. Really, right? He's defended it against Kaikara France. Now he's lost it again. Okay. Put somebody else in there. It's all right. You could put, you know, any of those guys, mm -hmm. you know, in the top five, I would say right now, any of them. Well, because yeah, didn't they gotta get rid of Figueredo already said he's going to yeah, uh, they still have him <clears throat> number one. Yeah. Um but didn't Roy, it wasn't isn't Pantosa the one that Roy Vald threw his shoulder out in that fight? No, that was a, that was against Moreno. Oh, it was against okay, it was against Moreno. Okay. That was against Moreno, yeah. Yeah, so I was trying to figure that out. Um yeah, but I would love to see Roy Vald in there, man. And I think Albazi, he's also up right right there as well. They're three and four. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. you I don't you don't want to kill because with Figgy out, you don't want to kill, um, you know, one of your prospects. So you want to probably have, you know, um, someone like Moreno fight somebody else in between. Maybe Nicolau or Perez or Schnell or somebody that potentially. But then you, should, you get too far down, you don't want to lose him either if he does lose. So I don't know. Maybe yep. you have him sit and maybe you have him. Uh, you may you have um, Pantoja fight somebody else in the middle there and give Moreno a little bit of time. Who knows? But look, these guys are so evenly matched. I think all of these guys, especially Roy Vall and Albazi and Pantoja you're and gonna, Moreno. I think them. you're going to find anybody, anybody in that 125 that you're looking at, that belt could just be handed mm -hmm. to this person, next one is this person, next person, this person, back to this person. It's so even, and there's not a whole lot of difference between these guys. So... It's a great division right now. It's a fun, fun division to watch. Man, they're putting on great performances. 
Oh, I'd love to see fucking Henry Cejudo come back. Uh, I would love Henry, to see Henry. I don't come think back. Henry can make one. Look, Henry had a hard time making one twenty five back then. Yeah, he ain't gonna make one twenty five now. What about like? I mean, you think there's any chance to get DJ back? No, no, I didn't think so either. No. I'd love to see him come in with the new breed. You know, like the younger guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think he walks through them. I, I just think, I just think he beats them. And nothing against any of these guys. I think they're all fantastic, but they're all no, the I, they're all the gritty fighters. They're all tech. They're all technical. They're all very, very good, well rounded, extremely well rounded, good on the feet, good on the ground. But none of them have the wrestling capabilities of DJ. None of them have the speed which be DJ has. Not now, the, DJ's they don't getting, have the varied attack. Yeah, they don't have. They don't have like what 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 DJ did to Ray Borg. Remember that lift yeah. the lift the takedown right to the arm bar. Take I mean, down right to the arm. That's like a move that everyone. It's like the takedown everyone does. No one, none of us ever thought. You know what? Let's just go ahead and attack the arm right now. Just fantastic. I mean, like he he's creative. He's just he's that video game guy, man. Just. He's making up moves on fucking the UFC EA game. <laughs> Just going like, hey, I can do this. I can do that. So um, I'd love to see DJ back in just to kind of fight. I'd like to see him in um, him in Horiguchi. That'd be a great fight. <clears throat> you know, oh, again. 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 But the, those are the two guys. If you're going to look, you know, outside of the UFC. Yeah. Like, DJ's still the best 125-pound fighter. Now, the problem with DJ is he's getting older. Let's just be honest. What's yeah. he, 36 now? I think so. I think yeah. DJ is 36 years of age. And man, when it comes to, you know, the smaller weight classes, that speed, it's a mother. And he's always had that advantage, you know, 36 years of age. You know, and he's so good. Yeah. But he's he's definitely not coming back to the UFC. So you're not going to see it. But him and Horiguchi are the two that, yeah, you could take them and put them into that, that uh, division. And they could beat, you know, they could. I think they could both go in there and beat the guys that are that are. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say they're going to beat them. I'm going to say that they're going <clears> to <throat> compete. I, I think DJ. You, yeah. I think DJ definitely will come in. He's definitely going to compete. He's definitely going to probably. I think he's going to beat them and pick them apart in certain areas. I can lean more towards DJ doing that. Horiguchi though, he's got to fix some holes in his games. He's fantastic. He's good all the way around. Got good takedown defense. But I mean, like, um, it's. Just, I just. I think that. On the feet, guys like Pantoja, guys, yeah, susceptible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his speed is very susceptible. Like he, he's gonna be fast. He's gonna get in, get out. He's got power. That's the one thing with him is he's got power. But Pantoja seems like he's got some pretty damn big power as well. I mean, the way he sat Moreno down in that first round and everything he threw was with fucking conviction last night. That's what made that fight so good. Is that he sat down and bit down on that mouthpiece. He sat down on every punch and he fucking threw trying to get the knockout. That's why I leaned more towards Pantoja. Even though you said, like you were saying, that he was, there was moments he had to slow the fight down because he was throwing everything with so much power. He was loading up on things. <clears throat> he was sitting down on it. He was just gritting and just getting after he, it. He was, he, he wasn't, wasn't pacing doing takedowns because, because he was out of breath. He was, Getting takedowns because he was getting hurt. Yeah, a little bit. Of There's a difference. Nah, not nope. sometimes he got the takedowns because he was tired. <laughs> John, <laughs> he, I've been there, man. Like you land a hard oh, shot man. or you get hit with a hard shot, but you're also getting tired because you've been you've been exchanging so much. Look, 
I, I don't want to see them run it right back. I want to see someone in the middle there, but I don't know what to do with Moreno in the process because you don't want to lose one of your other prospects that are coming up. So who knows? Maybe you have uh, Roy Vall and Moreno fight again since Roy Vall already has, you know, he has a loss. Is Albazi still, is he undefeated, Albazi? Can you click on Amir Albazi there for us, Dave? I think, he, I think he's undefeated, isn't he? No, he's got one loss. I thought he was, I thought he was uh, undefeated. Who did he lose to? Dun, dun, dun. Who, Albazi? Yeah, it was a Torres. Oh, and no, I wasn't in the OC. All right, well, I guess we're going to see. <clears throat> we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see. All right, all right. What's up next? <laughs> the money fight. <laughs> you had Bobby Knuckles going up against Driscus Duplessis. And Duplessis just, I tell you what, man. He showed me a lot because he took a couple of hard shots. Kept walking. He is he is Keith Jardine awkward <laughs> when it comes to fighting, dude. He is. He's exactly He's who I was that. thinking about, dude. He's exactly who I was thinking about. <laughs> but just, tough as hell, just same as yeah. Keith was, man. Just yeah. tough as hell. Takes a big shot, and the one thing that he definitely has. He's got a gas tank, man. He puts pressure mm. on you and doesn't let you breathe. And that was the one thing that I was, as the fight started to take place, you know, Whitaker was able to control the range in the beginning, and then all of a sudden that range started to become a problem. And he wasn't able to control it the same. And Duplessis was walking through that range, but taking shots, but handling them like, you know, they're nothing. You know, you'd back off at times, but come back at him. And near the end of the first round, you saw me. He had Whitaker in trouble. He hurt him a little bit, you know, and puts him down. The fight ends up, you know, stopping in that position. But Whitaker got up, and you could look and you go, "Ooh, he knows he's in a fight. He knows that hey, this this dude is not easy to deal with." And then the second round, dude, couple of shots. You saw him get hurt. The body shot. Beautiful ending by Duplessis. He went after him, finished it off, you know, the way you're supposed to do it. That's a huge win because you're looking at Robert Whitaker. You know, I say, I, th I thought there this was a fight. This was Robert Whitaker's fight. I was totally wrong. Yeah, I know. I'm, <clears throat> you and I both. I mean, you and I sat here on, the show, on this show, last show, and going, I just don't see how Duplessis wins this fight outside of a knockout in the first round. Yeah. You know, um, but that didn't stop me from betting on him in the second. But uh, we were <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, let's take the odds. Let's see what happens. And um, really what it came down to me was that he, I don't know if it's because he got his nose fixed. I don't know if it's because he could breathe now, but he looked like he was in a lot better shape this time around. Even though he had a, it was kind of a slower paced first round, but he still had some good moments in that first round. And same thing with Robert Whitaker. Bobby Knuckles had good. He had some good moments in that first round also. But towards the end, Duplessis started hitting him with some big shots. You could see Whitaker start to slow down a little bit. People started posting something on uh, Twitter, and I was paying attention to it. And they were saying, like, man, Robert Whitaker got tired in some of his past fights in the first round. Almost like he didn't, he hadn't, he hadn't blown his wind out in the back. Now, I don't know how he warms up, but in this fight, it was almost like very similar. After the first couple big time exchanges, and Duplessis put a lot of work and uh, pushing on him a little bit. You could see that he was taking steps back going, I need to get my wind. And, and I know that's common. I've been there, you know, in the, in the first round. But 
it's almost like as if he hadn't warmed up well enough to where he it was hitting him a little bit harder than a normal little step back going, okay, I got to shake my arms out real quick and get back at it. It just seemed like it was different. <clears throat> and Driscus had some, had some big shots. The size of him was very noticeable when I saw them face off at weigh-ins. He's enormous for the size. You know, oh, I, my God, comparatively? Yes. And the way he head and arm tossed Rob Whitaker to the ground, I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that, that was another thing that kind of shocked me. So I was expecting Rob Whitaker to be able to get a takedown or two maybe in that mix and then just control the top position, do some work. He was, he just couldn't do it. Just couldn't get it couldn't get it done, man. I hate to see Bobby Knuckles because he's been patiently waiting to potentially get that next shot again. And this is obviously going to set him back quite a bit. And um, he's good. I mean, he Driscus was on point. The cardio was on. Excuse me. The cardio was on point. Everything was was uh was going well for him last night. He was firing all cylinders, and I thought he had a great performance, man. A really good performance. So I'm looking forward to that to that middleweight title fight, you know. Um, but let me ask you this: because somebody was who was oh, Strickland? Strickland was on uh, Joe Rogan, and you've got Strickland, not Strickland, but uh, what's it called? Strickland talking about Johnny Eblen. It's like Johnny Eblen is the fucking man. Driscus, huge for the weight. Good, got good power, big guy. Wrestling takedown defense looked pretty good last night, you know, to me. Uh, and then you've got Izzy. You've got, and then you've got, I think, I think Pereira comes back down, just to be honest. I think if he ends up beating no way. on, I think he stays. No, you think he stays up there? It's too big now. Yeah. Where, where do you put Johnny Eblen in this mix? That's just a personal question to me. Look, I know the fans are probably like, oh, more Bellator shit. But I'm like, you know what? I want to I want to have an idea <laughs> where you put Johnny Eblen in this fight. Like in, in this mix of, of, of middleweights. You know, he's right. He's right there with him. It's all about, in my opinion, it's the stylistic matchup. There's mm-hmm. ones that are, are good for him. There's ones I think that will be more difficult for him. Yeah. Um, but when you're taking a look, the thing that Johnny Eblen does so well is he, he chains his techniques together. He utilizes his stand-up to get to his wrestling simple and without a lot of effort. He uses his wrestling to open up his striking where people think he's going for the takedown and he's landing shots off of it. So he's a handful, you know, for anybody. But could Izzy beat him? Sure. Izzy's that good. Izzy's, you know. Yeah, he is. Izzy is a fucking, is a dynamite fighter and he's not easy to take down. And Izzy could utilize his footwork and, and make things very difficult for Johnny. So I see that happening. Duplessis is more of the fighter that I look at as he's tailor-made for Johnny Eblen in the fact that he is, he's got good stand-up, he's got good power, he's tough, but everything that he does is very straight up and down. He's very mm-hmm. stiff, straight up and down, and that's going to lead to Johnny having a uh, an, an easier time with his style and the way that he comes about the fight. Now he's got a great gas tank, mm-hmm. but Johnny Eblen's got a great gas tank too. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, washes out in there. You know, it styles make fights. Yeah. This is why, you know, you could take, you know, guys and, and put them in there and until you match them up, you'll never know. Yeah. But it, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, if Johnny Eblen was in the UFC right now, Johnny Eblen would be somewhere in the top four. 
Yeah. Not That's saying true. he's going to be champ, yep. but he'd be in the top four. I look at how Duplessis, I think he'd be a little bit more tailor-made for him because he's more flat-footed. Yep. And Johnny Eblen yeah. has got great footwork, moves yeah. around really and he's well. And very, he's, very, he's very tall in the way he fights, very straight up and down, and he keeps his, his chin up high. Yeah. And so he's he's what Johnny does very well with as far as the way, just his body type and his style. But, you know, then yep. again, I said that I thought Whitaker would... Uh, would beat Duplessis. No, that agree. obviously did not happen. Yeah, I look at I look at Izzy. Izzy's a sniper. So if it was going to be going to fight Johnny, Johnny'd have to be very careful and just make sure he keeps his head offline, not not dipping down into a head kick or something like that. But look to yep. get it to get back into the the other fight because I want to just touch on that real quick on where it was. <clears throat> but to get back to this fight, Rob Whitaker tended to slow down on the end of that first round. Looked like he was taking some shots. Second round came around when he and then. With the big takedown, was the head and arm takedown, all that. It just looked like he was fading. And Duplessis, the size, the strength, the way he was able to wear on on, on Bobby Knuckles, it just started to change the tempo of the fight. And I think Whitaker was like, wow, you hit harder than I thought. You're probably, and he thought, it seemed like he was shocked that he was a little bit faster than he thought. And every time he tried to move faster, and get out of range. A little bit stronger. Yep. And every time, he, every time Whitaker tried to get out of range, it seemed like he still got hit. Like he was circling to get out and he got clipped just a tiny bit and he got hit with just across the top of the head. Sometimes you don't even have to get hit clean. It's those shots that graze your glove and then it, it knocks you off balance or the shot that grazes the top of your head and knocks you off balance or it hits your shoulder and makes you go backwards. Those things all have an effect on not just your mentality, but your conditioning. They have an effect on the way you, you know your rhythm of the fight. You know, for fighters, yeah. you hear it all. You hear it all the time in the commentary, whether it's in boxing, whether it's in MMA. Like he's not in the, he can't seem to get his rhythm. Like he's just not in. The, he's not in the flow of the fight. It's because little things like that break you up. You can't get into a rhythm when you're getting touched in the shoulder and it's knocking you backwards. Your your footwork's not on point. Robbie Lawler talked about it last night. I came out. He's like, it felt light on my feet. Like my footwork yeah. felt good. Combinations came out and they landed. Man, they landed clean. He's like, it was just just felt good tonight. You know, and, um, you know, and that's kind of where I think what happened last night with Duplessis, everything seemed like it just felt good to him last night. And Robert Whitaker couldn't get him in the rhythm of the fight. And it's just, it was, it was Duplessis night. It was his number yeah. and, uh, they called it and he, he rose to the occasion, man. And, uh, great job, great performance. Now, when you look at Duplessis though, against Izzy, how do you see that fight? Again, see, this is the and this is the real question is exactly what you said. I look at it is he's a sniper. Okay, he's a guy who will sit there and just pick you apart and uses his length. And the one thing that when they came together, as big as Duplessis is, I looked and Izzy is the <clears throat> taller, longer fighter, and that's I when he that. does well. Yeah, and so I look at Izzy and I think that you know Duplessis is a guy that he's very hittable. Very hittable. Now he's got a great chin, you know, and tough as hell. He's going to have to have that nasty, dirty, grimy fight to beat Izzy. Izzy's got to stay there in the outside and just pick him apart. Be the sniper and just keep on hitting him. And don't think about worrying about the knockout. I just want to keep touching him, touching him until he falls down. And eventually he will. So I look at this fight. Izzy's the is the better technician. Does that mean he'll get the win? No, 
but I would I would definitely say he's the favorite in the fight. <clears throat> yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. He definitely is going to be the favorite. Uh, you can't disrespect the champ like that. Come on, man. He's definitely going to be the favorite. Well, you you could if you had a challenger that you go, oh, this guy's smoking everyone. Yeah, well, we've seen it. Yeah. I I just I don't know how he gets it done. I don't know how he gets it done. He's you not a smooth this? striker. Yeah, he's not a smooth striker like uh, Pajera. He's not like he he's got the wrestling, but it's not like top level Derek Brunson type wrestling. You know, in terms of that weight class, um, no. he's a gritty, grimy fighter. I mean, he's got to make it. To me, Johnny's got to make it a dirty, grimy fight. Got to make, gotta it, make a it a bar fight. An, an, uh, yeah, he's got to make it a bar fight. You know, um, and I think that's the only way that he gets it done. But then again, I said something very similar when I when I said he was going to fight Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker's going to be he's going to be the better technician. He's going to sniper. He's going to just pot shot him. He's going to let him get tired. Then he's going to take over and. Shit, I was wrong. It was wrong. so bad, hey, so John. Yep. Oh, it's so bad. But look, it's it's. I'm I looking forward to. I'll say when I'm wrong. I was yeah. definitely wrong. So go go to the 185 pound weight class there, the rankings, bud. Now let's see where does Robert Whitaker go from here. I honestly and believe Sean Strickland. Oof. Man. John, you got to man. You got. I think you got to. You, you got. Sean is the. He's carrying this this fucking division right now in terms of press. <laughs> like he's he's, oh, got, yeah. he's got people interested in this weight class because of him. So I mean, Paulo Costa, he's still there, but he's just not active enough. What's going on with him? He just doesn't want to fight any right now, or he's just taking one fight a year. You know, it's so. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the Sean Strickland and Robert Whitaker fight. That'd be a fight, I think. Let's get let's get Strickland up there in the mix, man. Well. Strickland will take the fight. Yeah, you know that. So. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not the question. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'd be a great. I would love to watch it. But Strickland in that fight. See, Strickland is very similar to Duplessis, though. Mm -hmm. In that, now that I've seen Duplessis take on Whitaker, Strickland brings pressure. He brings a, I'm going to keep walking you down. I'm not going to give you a chance to breathe. And I'm going to start hitting you with my jab, and then the right hand's going to follow. You know, he doesn't he doesn't do anything as far as nothing's fancy, and it's how no. often does he kick? Very very rarely, you know. So he's a basic fighter, but he's very good at his basics, and he creates pressure. And pressure breaks things, man. This is like pressure creates diamonds or it crushes things. That's the real question of you know what yeah. are you what it, which one is it going to be for you? Yep. I mean, I'm looking forward to who Sean fights next. And then, uh, you know, you've got Duplessis fighting uh, Izzy next. They said that fight's going to be when? November? October, November? Yeah, it was one. It's in you know, September. In September. Ooh, that's coming up quick. September. That's within what they say, like nine weeks, I believe, is what it is. Well, there's, I mean, it's not obviously not guaranteed, but the card is still, does not have a fight. Got it. It does now. I thought, I thought they they said they they came out and said that would be in Australia. We'll see. Yeah, because they got they got uh, Abu Dhabi in October, correct? Yeah, Abu yeah. Dhabi is October. Let me, let me I'll just pop there because we got the BMF at the end of the month. Uh, that's the next one. Then you got um, O'Malley and O'Malley and uh, Sterling. And, oh, yes. 
August, and then you got um, this is a, September is the Australia one, which mm. doesn't have a fight. Yeah, so it'd be a quick turnaround. Got it. Um, yep, and then you have two ninety four and two ninety five October December respectively. Yeah, that November, one's in Abu Dhabi. So I think what are, who who are they waiting on that fight to see who wins? Uh, what fight is that? The lightweight fight to see which who one? fights Islam next. I don't know. Two ninety four is going to oh, be market. I think it's going to be Dustin. Two ninety four is going to be market chef. Yeah, I know, but I think you have Dustin and Justin uh, fighting each other. You think the winner of that may potentially fight? Uh, no, Charles will probably be. No, Charles will be next. Charles should be next, say, correct? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, Charles should be next against Islam. It's gonna happen. So you have from from Abu Dhabi. From Abu Dhabi, you'd have Charles against uh, Makachev because Makachev is a, he's a big big seller, big name in that area. So yeah, makes sense. Got to make the princess happy, man. <laughs> yeah, All right, next. Ah, we had Dan Hooker against Jalen Turner. This was a great fight. They went after <laughs> it, man. Dan Hooker, <laughs> Dan Hooker. No matter what anyone said, I said I love. His interview afterwards was, you know, hey, did you break your arm? Ah, it's a scratch. <laughs> Dude, tough as fucking hell. He, you know, he was in trouble in that fight. Jalen Turner had him going, and then he just kept up with what he does and just made it a dog fight. Took the second round, and then the third round comes about. Jalen Turner was tired, and, you know, being tired, we saw what happens, you know, all of a sudden. Just forward pressure, all of a sudden you're falling down and stuff. And, you know, just bad things happen. Jalen got up. He tried to, you know, he worked. Wasn't enough. I thought that Dan Hooker definitely won that. It was a split decision, but uh, Dan Hooker deserved that win. And uh, he got it the way it was supposed to be. And uh, A very impressive performance from a guy that, you know, you could have looked at and said, if he lost this one, it doesn't look good for him and stuff. So it's a big win. I'm so happy for him. You know, and I'm a, I'm a huge Jalen Turner fan. I love Jalen Turner. Same I mean, here. He's a fantastic fighter. But in the first round, he tried to be a, Dan Hooker tried to be a striker, just like Jalen Turner, in terms of using technique and not, Jalen Turner needs to stand directly in front of you, be a sniper, pick you apart. He needs to touch you, touch you, mix up the head kicks, mix up the inside leg kicks. You know, he uses good, slight head movements to make you miss and make you pay. Dan Hooker is a great striker. He's a good, really good striker. But he's not a technician. You can't go technique and technique against somebody. You, Dan Hooker is a grimy, just dog in there. And he needs to fight like that. And then as soon as he decided to do that, the, cha the fight changed. As soon as he realized, like, I can't stay on the outside and let this guy hit me. I got to get in the inside, threaten some takedowns. Don't get him. Come back up with some uppercuts and some hooks. You know, get in the clinch, do the work, you know, throw some knees. Once he decided to do that, the fight changed. It just, it changed instantly. It changed. And yep, I agree. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around what was going on in the beginning, or sorry, in the first round. I'm like, you're obviously not winning on the outside. You need to get on the inside and crush the space. It's just not working for you, buddy. But man, he made the adjustments after he came back after this, uh, the corner. 
made some adjustments, came in. It's like, look, let's just get after it. Let's get it. Let's get in there and make it a dogfight. And what was driving me nuts, John, was his fucking hair. He, <laughs> I don't know if people like for for yeah for my fight with Nate Diaz I had long hair in the front just like he did. See, I'm and my saying whole fight he, he I was doing it, he this. He did it for Trump. He knew Trump nah. was going to be there, and Trump's hair would do that, and so he was just mimicking. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> but when I fought Nate, the same thing. I had to keep pushing my hair out of my face, and I and then he was doing. It, I'm like, damn, <laughs> like it's so annoying. I'm watching you as a fighter. I'm like, it's so annoying. But man, he fought his ass off. Was to me, it was the best fight of the night. It was so great. I thought it was a fantastic fight to see someone. He lost convincingly. He lost the first round, and that oh, yeah. second and third round, he decided like, you know what? Fuck it. This ain't going my way. What do I got to lose? Get after it. Make it happen. And he did. Holy shit! Great fight. Great job. Um, I couldn't have been happier for him, man. And like you said, his his post fight interview, John was hilarious. It was awesome. <laughs> just a scratch. <laughs> uh, just a scratch. Just a scratch. Oh, it's did funny, you, man. I, mean, I love it. So did you did you see the x ray that they, they put out? Yep. I'm hitting that again. Put out the x ray, it was definitely broken and stuff. And that happens oh, yeah. when you're blocking kicks. Especially when you're blocking a kick with one arm. It happens quite I often. I mean, he was blocking a couple of them with his face. <laughs> oh that was, one that come one on that clean. one hit him clean no idea and how i was like up. dude i don't either because i mean it was as solid as you could get with a foot not the shin but man yeah. still let me tell you what that was a hell of a hell of a shot that he well, just, just walked through all right your man bo nickel taking get, on you don't what's that sorry you don't you don't have to get you don't have to get kicked hard to the head to get finished it just got to no. touch you and, and cause it's yeah. not something you normally see and he obviously didn't see that one because it, it landed flush no, and that's the whole thing is usually kicks up high you don't see it so yeah. you're not prepared for it but bo nickel took taking on val <clears throat> make john what the hell's with that thing i'm hitting it now there we go <laughs> val woodburn came in you know, you could tell, man, the pressure was there. You could see, you know, the, the nerves of being in that situation. Here's a guy that's never been in the UFC. He's in the main card, the start of the show, the whole thing. He was tight going in. You know, this was, you know, you got to give him credit for taking the fight, but just not the fight for him to, to uh, get a win against Bo Nickel. Bo, you know, the wrestling's great. Look, his hands are getting better. I know you said it was an early stoppage. It was called being, <laughs> as I said, I told you what I texted you. I said it was showing humanity. Yeah, he was demonstrating humanity. He was getting him out of there because it was not going to be. It was not going to be good. No, I, I look. I understand when we've had this. I've had so many conversations, John. You know, I've had conversations with these refs and the judges all the time when we're at Bellator events. And I say, well, why? It was kind of an early stoppage. He's like, yeah, but you got to consider the situation. <clears throat> Look who he's fighting. He's fighting a bow nickel. He's got some power yep. in his hands. He's got really good wrestling. He yep. got dropped. He got sat down. Where is Bo nickel going to do most of his best work? On the on the top position from the wrestling position because he knows he, he he can hold anyone down. He knows he can grind them out. He was able to drop him on the feet, which he shouldn't have, like not shouldn't have been able to, but. 
He's not known for his striking, whereas this guy's got big power. And Val's supposed to be the one that's supposed to be the better striker. He's the one that got dropped. He got hit with three shots. Boom, boom, boom. That sat him down. And so in that process, if you're a ref, you're going, look, it's only going to get worse for him. It's not going to get better. He's going to get starched probably even more. You know, he's going to go. Yeah, he got stiff when he got sat. And then now, now the guys, the guy that can wrestle is on top, landing the big, going to land, end up landing the bigger shots. And so it was probably a smart stoppage by the ref. But I also look at it too that it was a tiny bit early, a tiny bit early. I'm not going to go too far, but it was a tiny bit early. But he was, I felt like he was done though. Oh, he he was done. And this is where, you know, sometimes we'll talk about it. We say, you don't have to see that last nail be be hammered into the coffin to know that it's over. Yeah, it's not a title fight either. You know, if it's a title fight, no, I understand. Not. If it's a and how much time did Val have coming into this fight? What, like uh, ten days? Three days. Three days. Three days. Three days. It's like he didn't train for it. Let's be honest. Mm. You know, nothing. Nothing is going on his side in that. So yeah, I understand the stoppage. But look, Bo Nickel is proving himself to be someone. You're looking at that middleweight division. Who do you put Bo Nickel against next? <clears throat> Who do I put him against next in the middleweights? Yeah. Let me see the middleweights yeah. there. Derek Bronson. Brendan Allen. Really? Hell yeah. I give him Bronson. Really? Why Why do you not like Derek Bronson? No. What? You don't like because Derek he's, Bronson. He's a good wrestler. And he's got good power. Yeah, and guess who who out wrestles who? No, I get it. I get it what you're saying though, John. But so I So what are you I doing? Think... You're trying to give Derek Brunson a loss. I uh, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to give Derek Brunson a loss. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's give him Roman Delizzi. Okay. There you go. I'm all right with that. Give him Delizzi. Yeah. Why are you trying to give Brennan Allen a loss? I'm not trying yeah. to give Brennan Allen a loss. That would be a loss. Why are you saying that? Brennan Allen's Why not are you saying that about Derek Brunson? Because he's, he, Derek Brunson is a guy who's a wrestler that's an older wrestler that Derek lives off of being able to out-wrestle people, and he can't out-wrestle Bo Nickel. Derek can strike. Oh, stop. Stop <laughs> yourself right now. John, um, I mean, like, look, he seems like he really wants to be fast-tracked, you know? Um, I mean, you can give him something like Imovov. That's a good fight. You can give him. I, I think you look. You look. We can go in this. We can go in this row. You give him Imovov first, maybe, or you give him Imovov is a good fight. Yeah, it's a good fight. And again, you give him Brennan Allen. You give him Roman Delizzi. You give him Derek Brunson. I I would stop there. I would stop in that mix. Um, I would probably skip over Jack Hermanson. I'd probably skip over uh, Kelvin Gaslam. Those are the guys I would probably skip over. I mean, Kelvin's going down to seventy anyways. Kelvin's going to Welter. So, yeah. So that's good. That's good for him. Be, but um, it'll be interesting to see who they put him up against next. Yeah, I wonder when though. I mean, they, they, like you would think they'd be fighting him as much as possible because he's getting such uh, quick finishes. Well, it should be that you see him yeah. again sometime October, November, September, October. Yeah, I would like to see September, October. I mean, I would probably if if we're gonna pick someone, let's go with Emilov. Maybe let's go up to if you say Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen's good on the feet. Good on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. crafty. We're going to see. We're yep. going to find out. We're going to find out, John. <laughs> I mean, do you think the hype is real? Yes. He's talented. It's, 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 look, it's so hard because the three guys he's fought, 
they're not, I mean, they're good, but they're not, you know, this guy coming in on short notice. I mean, and nothing, it's nothing to do with Bo Nickel, by the way. It no. has nothing to do with Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel is fighting who's in front of him and he's doing his job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's getting him, and getting, getting in and getting fast. out. He's getting rid of people so. fast. Look, he doesn't get paid by the minute. He understands that. He goes in, gets the job done and gets out. And we all know he's a dog in terms of like, I, I don't see him. I don't see him being a quitter. I, I just, in my mind, I can't see him being a quitter. Now on the wrestling mat, like I obviously know he's not a quitter, but in a cage, like it's hard to see no matter, because you have not, you've not seen him be, you've not seen him in a position where he's been hurt. No, how he responds. That's, to it. that's how I want to see. That's what I want to see. Hey, that's, that's where you get the, that's where you find out who is a fighter. I tell the story all the time. People, you know, I tell the story all the time. Like, hey, like, your what's your most memorable fight? Is it the time you won? You know, you won the title. Is it the time you beat Nate? Is it the time you beat this? I'm like, no. You know, what's the fights? It's the fights where I figured out the most about myself. The Hermes Franca fight where I got dropped and realized I wasn't a quitter. You know, like the Tony Ferguson fight. It said a lot about myself. I, I figured a lot about myself in that fight. Like, you know what? It just, it lets you know that you still, you still have it in you to be a fighter, but do you still have it in you kind of position at that stage of my career? You know what I mean? Um, the Hermes Franca fight, I was so, I was still young and I was like, okay, I, now I know that I'm a fighter. Now that I know that I'm not just going to roll over and quit and be, you know, and give up. We haven't seen Bonek will go through that type of adversity yet. So I want to see. I want to see it. I want to see him come out on top. He's a dog. I love watching him fight. He's a ginger, so he's probably super strong. <laughs> he's a ginger. he's a ginger. I call him a redheaded ninja. He's a nin. He's a ginger. A redheaded ninja. ninja. <laughs> All right. So next fight. Look, if you're gonna ask for a way to go out, Robbie Lawler did it. Did it the right way. Went out there. Thirty-eight seconds. Put out Nico Price and stuff. You know, this is this is the Robbie Lawler that we've seen throughout. You know, a lot of his career, the guy with a ton of power. You know, he's got a, the big left hand. The left hand has never failed him. It has ended many fights, and uh, it ended this one quick. And you, you, Nico got hit a couple of times. He got hit in the temple. He got hit in the jaw, and <clears throat> the last one you could see because his hands. He was trying to grab, and you saw his hands go from grabbing to whomp. And he was out. And uh, just a beautiful way to watch Robbie Lawler step away from the sport. You, you always, it's, it's one of the things that I hate about fighting is most of the time, you know, the guys that were your heroes, the guys that, you know, are, you know, on their last fight, they go out being, you know, cannon fodder for, for a young fighter, being a, a guy who is now, uh, being used to, you know, build up the career and the stats of the, the up and coming fighter. The UFC didn't do that to Robbie. They gave him a solid opponent in Nico, but it was an opponent that, you know, was you know, <clears throat> tough as hell, but kind of tailor made for a guy with Robbie and his power because Nico likes to come inside. Robbie likes to fight on the inside. And so it was. Although I feel bad for Nico, it was what I wanted to see because I've known Robbie since he was 18 years of age. He's had a hell of a career. He's a hell of a person. He was he was the the same after this fight that he was. You know, for, he doesn't say much, just goes out and says, you know, yep, 
had a terrible camp. Yeah, you know, everything was good. Felt pretty good today. Thought I was going to do good. <laughs> you have those and days. <clears throat> That's it. You have those camps. You have those days. You know, and um, there's camps that I've had that were just fucking horrible. And then you have great performance inside the cage, you know, that night. You know, BJ Penn told me a long time ago, he's like, I don't have to be Gotta better. Work than, through. I, BJ Penn told me a long time ago, I don't have to be the best every day. I just got to be better than you that day. And it's that that little saying stuck with me every single every True. single time. Like, you know what? It doesn't matter what happened today. It doesn't matter what happens yesterday. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. What matters is what happened on that night. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to deal with that, that adversity through camp just to set your mindset. Like, okay, look, you know, I've done all this. I've had to deal with all this stuff this whole camp. This guy's not going to bring anything to me that I haven't seen or I can't deal with. And to go back on to Robbie, Robbie is, I, you just can't say enough about him, John. You know that. I've, I've known him since he was 19, you know, and um, <laughs> it's crazy to think, you know, we both got signed by the UFC at the same time, you know, in Hawaii, you know, uh, at the Shogun show that, uh, that um, uh, Sean Shelby. Shelby and his uh, ex-wife put on, Helen. Yep. It's like... He is just a good kid all the way around. I call him a kid. He's 40-something years old, 41 years old. Yeah. That's, well, <laughs> but he's such a nice what you, guy. What you remember when you first meet him. Yeah. And trust me, I met him when he was 18 years of age. Pat Millich says, you need to spar this kid. He's, you know, he's doing pretty good. He's going to be a good fighter. <laughs> that was a bad thing for him to say to me. <laughs> it told me that Pat didn't like me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but he's such a good yeah. guy man like he's he's just humble i love how he's never taken the you know he's never take he's, he's controlled the media he's controlled his output of what he puts out there in his life he's been he's been in control of his his destiny from day one he's decided like look you know i'm gonna go to 85 everyone's like don't go to 85 he went 85 yeah. you know he had some success didn't have some success you know, he reinvented himself, you know, in Pride, then in Lead XE, and then Strike Force, and then back to UFC. I just, I, I people don't, people don't really quite understand how difficult it is to to do what he did. You know, once once people sometimes leave the UFC, they don't they don't ever come back. They never really make a return. They never really reinvent themselves. They're the same. They're the same. Whatever it is, Robbie's always been the same, but Robbie's invent, reinvented himself in terms of his commitment. I think to the sport, his commitment to uh, making himself, you know, better in certain areas, understanding what it takes to be the, the, that next level champion, and going out there and achieving it. And <clears throat> I just can't say enough about the guy. Like if you've ever got a chance to meet him and talk to him and hang out with him, and fuck, he's such a fucking good guy. It's just just listening to him talk, just being around him, being inside the the training room with him, whatever it is. He doesn't have anything bad to say about some somebody. He won't say it if he if there is something there. He's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, he just goes about his business, and that's it. You know, he worries about him. He worries about you know his friends and his and the people that he surrounds himself. And uh, that's it, man. He's a good guy, extremely good guy, fantastic career, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him as a coach. Which a hundred percent he's going to be a coach. There's just no well, doubt he's not a coach. He's already he, been. Like, he, yeah. He looked at his corner. You know, in his corner was Logan Storley, who fights for Bellator. Who is uh, Robbie is taking the lead as his mentor, going you know with his career and stuff. And 
And you can't ask for a better mentor, a better coach like you're saying. I just want to tell him, hey, Robbie, congratulations, brother. Way to go out. Way to go out with that big win. You look fantastic, and I'm going to miss you as far as the fighting, but you'll always be part of the sport, and I'll always be uh, looking forward to talking to you. So great job. Next fight. Oh, man. Tatsuro Tyra against Edgar Chares. That was a good fight, man. Both, you know, different in the, you know, their approaches, mm-hmm. things. Tyra, super good on the ground. That kid was absolutely freaking dominating in the ground position, dominated positions, uh, beautiful control of the mount throughout. You know, Chires never gave in, you know, showed how tough he was. And actually, at the end, he, he tried that damn guillotine multiple times, but in the end, it was tight. You saw when Tyra turned to his back, you knew, uh oh, that's tight. He's trying to gain some time and some space there. Mm-hmm. And it was a very well placed guillotine, but not enough for Chires, but very entertaining fight. You know, and and Edgar Chires has nothing to feel bad about. He put on a really good performance. Yeah, Tyra's got a good he's got a good career ahead of him. He's got a I think mature into his body. A little bit kind of um how was the sure. other kid that we he's talked young. about? <clears throat> Tyra's what, 22, 23, I think is what he is. But uh, who's the other? Uh, Chase Hooper. They've got to mature. They've got to fill out their body. Yeah, yeah, 23 years old. You know, they've got to, they've got to put some muscle on. They've got to, you know, just mature as, as young men. And I think that he's getting close. Um, he's a little bit, to me, he's a little bit closer than Chase Hooper in terms of just filling out, filling out his body. Um, and he's got, he's got his skill level on the ground is good. He got clipped in the first round, got sat to his butt, but made the made the adjustments from the bottom, got the sweep, got to the top position, and then the rest is history in terms of every time the fight hit the ground, he was just another level. It was a whole nother um, level. So good performance by him. Great job. Next fight. Yeah. Denise Gomez against Yasmin Yarugi. I'll tell you what, this surprised me because you know Yarugi's really good with her stand-up, but Gomes came out and just hit her with a clean shot that had her in trouble and finished it off. You know, this is one I, I saw a couple people saying, ah, you know, she, she could have kept going. No, Jason mm. Herzog gave her every bit that you could give her. She wasn't able to respond in the right way to stop. She just was a punching bag. 20 seconds in, Denise Gomes comes out with a big win, and that was a big win. Yeah. Uh, you know, when very similar to the Whitaker and Duplessis fight, you have to can take into consideration when someone is such a really good striker, a technician, someone that's slick, you cannot fight the same thing with the, the hooker fight and Jalen Turner. You can't always fight them technique to technique. You've got to make it a grimy fight. Gomes saw that, like, you know what? Look, <clears throat> I can stand on the outside, fill this fight out, or I could take the fight to her and be aggressive with it and, you know, land a big shot, then get into the wrestling, the grappling, whatever it is. It seemed like that's what the game plan was, was to really just get into her face, throw big shots, make her feel uncomfortable right off the bat. One of them landed, and, and basically she just followed up nicely and got the finish. Good job on her. You know, good job on getting after it. Just understanding what you have to do. You can't always stay on the outside and just get picked apart and be like, okay, every round goes by like that. You got to make those adjustments. And she, I think she started off the fight that way. She didn't have to make the adjustment after the first round, like how Dan Hooker had to. Good stuff. Congratulations. Yep. Alonzo Menafield against Jimmy Crute. And poor Jimmy Crute, man. I think he thought that it was this was going to be 
a different fight. He took a lot of big shots from Minifield in their first fight. Boy, he took some big shots again in this one. But when he went for the takedown, he was stuck his head to the outside. You went and you go, don't put your head there. And Minifield grabbed a hold of that. Got a beautiful submission. I thought for a second the crew was actually taking his gloves off. He's on his knees taking his gloves off. I thought, is he retiring? Is he quitting here? I didn't. Mm. Th- you know, I don't think he did. But uh, it was one of those. It was like an odd thing going on there and stuff. He's got a lot of fight career left. He's only 27 years of age. But that was a big win for Alonzo Minifield, who probably should have won the first one, but had the point taken <clears throat> away from him for grabbing the fence and cage. Mm. You know, it ended up being a draw, and that's why they put this fight back together. But nice, clean win for Alonzo Minifield. Yep, good on him. He looked physically just a lot stronger, just a, like a, just a lot. He just he looked, looked like... Him, to me, he looked a lot more relaxed. And just, mm. I'm not going to I'm not gonna overdo it. I'm just going to wait for you. And he did. He, he waited for his counters. And when Crute would try something, he made him pay. Yeah. Uh, next fight. Oh, Vitor Patrino <laughs> against Marcin Parcino. <laughs> uh, Vitor Patrino, dude, that dude is put together like a brick shit house, man. He got, you know, as a light heavyweight, yes. big legs, big fucking power in his hands. But his ground game really looked good. He was able to control on the ground. He was always. He kept on looking for the damn Kamara. He's like, stop looking for the damn Kamara. You're trying to yeah. force something. Don't do it. But uh, Pracnio did not, uh, wasn't able to do much as far as offense against Petrino in that. And Petrino just walked away with the fight. Nice job of always looking for the finish and finally got it with the arm triangle. And then uh, Cameron looked good. And then, but the fight that I want to talk about yeah. though is, and the reason, and I'm not talking about it just so much for the fight. Congratulations to Cameron. How do you say his last name? Simon. S- Simon. So congratulations to him on the on the TKO. The other thing too with Aguilar. Congratulations to you on the KO, which was 17 seconds in. But John, let's 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 give credit where credit is due. Jason Herzog. <laughs> I love. J- Aguilar is standing over Ross, <laughs> and, and I don't know if he's like just if he's taunting him, or if he's standing no. over him as in like, oh shit, are you okay? I couldn't see, That's but all I know is Jason Herzog comes in like a beast and just shoves him off. <laughs> and I was like, that a boy, whoa man! I, if you guys haven't met Jason Herzog, man, he is such a funny guy. It's kind of quiet, very soft spoken. He trains jujitsu, I believe. Is he a black belt? He's a black belt. He's a black belt in jujitsu. He is just. Uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, follow him on Twitter because people talk shit to him all the time, and he's hysterical. He, he's hysterical because he is very, um, he's he's very calculated in his his responses. He's very intellectually he's yes. intellectually gifted compared to most people. Yeah, he's the complete Jason, opposite of Jason Josh Thompson. Is smart. Yeah, okay. Here. <laughs> He's the complete opposite of Josh Thompson on how he responds to people on Twitter. It's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> I love it. But the moment where Ra- the that Aguilar is standing over Ross and Jason Herzog, if you guys go back and watch, there's a clip of it on Twitter, and he just shoves him out of the way and just you know and started started to. 
attend to Ross. It was it was pretty it was pretty funny though because you see, you see Herzog, who's not a big guy. He's smaller than me. I think no. he's what one sixty five, one sixty somewhere in there. He's probably around yeah. that that weight, but he's not a big guy. But um, but I, I love how he he takes charge in, in in terms of in the cage. But then also too, I asked this question last time I saw. Him, I said, "Do you guys?" purposely put the smallest ref in always with the biggest guys because <laughs> he's always got you know he's always got the you know the big guys always seems to be doing the main events for the big guys so it's pretty funny anyways but good job by him on the stoppage and he, he rushed in right away and got it but uh good stuff uh anything else in this card uh, john you want to talk about no i think you went through we went through the whole no? card so it's all good yeah that's it well let me ask you that no what i meant by is on the card is you gave it a nine and a half? Yeah. In terms of uh, and, and look, one out of ten, you know, the, uh, ten out of ten. Yeah, because look at in the, if you it, let's take a look at this real quick. First, the first fight, the, the only one we didn't really talk about was a decision. Decent fight, not bad. Mm -hmm. Okay, but knockout in the second one, the one you're talking about with Herzog pushing him off. Simon came out, got the TKO, uh, arm triangle in the next. All look at all those finishes, and when you looked at the ones that weren't like the the Tyra, you know, Tyra's fight, great fight with a whole lot of things going on in it. Throughout it, for the most part, you know, the Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner fight, that was a great fight. There was oh, a lot fantastic. going on in that. Yeah, it it went to a decision, but goddamn, it was a great fight. And then you take a look at the Pantoja versus Moreno fight. You're asking for a title fight. Yeah, it went to a decision. Phenomenal fight. Mm -hmm. You can't ask for a better card as far as one that, because many times you'll have a card like this that you look at and you go, oh, hey, the, you know, the main event is awesome. The co-main event, that's, that's a great fight. You know, everything on the main card, that's something you can look at. The Bo Nickel, you, you know, mm -hmm. kind of fell apart with, you know, last minute replacement and stuff. That's not his fault. But you look and you go, there's a lot of really interesting fights the robbie lawler retirement but a lot of times you know the fights just don't pan out they just don't you know they just don't you know have any pop mm -hmm. this one and they all popped they were all going out there they're all putting on great performances and it was fun to watch the only reason i'll give it i didn't like what happened with duplessis and yeah you know is but that that really had nothing to do with this card no it didn't but it, and it you know, but other than that, man, phenomenal, phenomenal card. You give it a nine and a half? Nine and a half. Yeah, I'm up there. I'm up there. I'm nine or nine and a half. <clears throat> and the only reason why I say I didn't, I didn't give it a 10 would be because of the Duplessis and Izzy situation. And that really just turned me off. Like I said, I had two young kids in the room and their, you know, my son's head peaked up boonk, right when things were being said. And it just kind of was like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just something that, <clears throat> I don't know. Outside of that, though, look, no card need. was fantastic. Was no uh, to me, the the hooker fight was the best fight on the card, and had a lot of it had a real big feel good story too in terms of the Robbie Lawler situation. Uh, you know, his retirement fight couldn't ask for for Did something. Did you better. think the hooker was better than Pantoja yes. versus Moreno? Yes. Really? Yep. I'm going Pantoja versus. No, Moreno. look, I'm not. I'm not like you, I could care less. You could pull him out of a hat. I'd be happy with it. <laughs> like it didn't matter. Okay. Like it was. It was. Uh, but to me, it was. It was the adversity that that Dan had to go through in that first round. He looked timid. He looked he looked like he was scared fighting for his job, which he was. 
You know, like, and so when you're, it is, and I know he's not a scared fighter. He's never been a scared fighter. He just looked uncomfortable because like every time he got hit, he's like, shit, I'm losing. You, I know, I know the psyche of fighters that are coming off of a loss, two losses, whatever it is, or you're thinking your job's on the line. The pressure, man, the pressure is there. And I felt I, in that first round after he went back into the first round, I'm like, I felt bad for him. Then he came out in the second and he started doing his business. And I'm like, this is the fight you needed to make it to happen. This is the, this, the way he made the adjustment, the way he's like, you know what? Fuck it. What am I doing? I, this is not who I am. I, I'm not, I'm not the guy in the first round. I'm this guy. And I just, I, I just peak. I just, I peeked up and I was like, man, this is you. This is, this is what you need to do. You need to make it a dirty, grimy fight. And fuck, and he did and he won and it just looked fantastic to me. That 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 said uh, that to me was the the fight of the night. And don't get me wrong, I thought Pantoja Moreno was great. Championship fight, five rounds, nothing but action. Great job by both fighters. But I'm gonna lean more towards Hooker because there was more to it, more substance to it. Like sure, you know the other fight, you lost a title, you get a title, whatever it is. But Dan Hooker is fighting for his job. He's fighting to feed his family. And for me, I had a little bit more, more. I got a little bit more appreciation for that young man. Really admire him. Good stuff. Good stuff, Dan Hooker. Um, Hey, but before we go on to any type of news that we're going to chat about real quick, let's go uh, to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. John and I are over here trying to get you guys to subscribe over there. It's free. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to. We just put content on there for you guys to to absorb, and uh, it's free. We're not charging people. Just head on over there at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. And John... We are still doing what we normally do. We're fighting for equal men's right for pay over there on that platform. <laughs> That's right. We're going to continue We're to do that. Equity. Yep. And like I said, just if you guys have to explain to your wife on why you have an OnlyFans account, just say, look, I watch OnlyFans over there. I watch OnlyFans. I watch OnlyFans. I watch Wayne in, in on OnlyFans over there. Do not tell your wife I watch <clears throat> OnlyFans. Yeah, don't tell them that. <laughs> usually will not work well for you. Oh, uh, unless right. unless your wife's on OnlyFans, <laughs> okay, and that's okay. That's you know that's okay. That's Go ahead. So we get we've given a really uh really deep thorough uh breakdown of this card. Do you guys want to move these fight announcements to the midweek show since we got a lighter card next week, or do you want to um, let's pick keep one them here? Let's pick one. Let's pick, pick one? one or two. All right. Give me, give Th- me then we have to go. Then we have to talk um, Steve mm. Jones because it was a big deal. All right. Well, it was a big pay per view this weekend, so we got to talk the big, the big time fight: John Jones versus uh, Steve Miocic official, which is November 11th in New York City. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I think that what's uh, Steve now? Forty. Yep. John doesn't seem to. You don't seem too interested in this fight. John, talk, uh, you know, talk to at, me, Goose. Talk to me. I've always loved Steve, and he's a great guy, but uh, not a good matchup for him. Not a good matchup at all. Just but being even, honest, as far as well, even if ahead. he was younger, would it be a good matchup for him? Even if he was younger, would it would have been a bit, would it have been a good matchup for him? It would have helped. Let's just put it that way. It would have helped. You know, he's going to be, you know. In every aspect of this fight, he's he has he's coming in second, other than age. And, <laughs> That's, uh, uh, 
that's, that's um, not a good thing. That's just not a good thing. I, you know, John Jones is, you know, people can sit there and say what they want. I didn't, you know, he, congratulations to John Jones for winning the SB as the UFC's fighter of the year. You fight one fight, one fight, and you get the SB. It's kind of like, eh, I'm not too sure about that. But one fight in what, four years? Three years? Three years. So, but I don't know. I just look at this, you know, and like I said, Stipe has been a hell of a fighter, hell of a champion. You know, he's, he fought, you know, Cormier three times, you know, but he got beat by Cormier also. And just stylistically wise, I don't think this is a good matchup for him. I just think the time away. I think had he fought him, maybe like right around the time he fought um, uh, Nganu, I think if he'd have fought John Jones around that time, I would have probably given him a little bit more of a chance, you know. But now the the time away from the sport, you know, I mean, I don't know his training regimen if it's been as consistent. Uh, it's hard to stay as consistent when you know you don't have anything really looming in the background, you know, in terms of uh, <clears throat> not the background, looming in the future of for something that's will drive you and push you. I mean, he's done everything he needs to do in the sport. Both of them have. But Stipe, at 40 years old, I think you're looking for things to motivate you. This is a fight that will motivate you, but he didn't have that for the two years he's been off. So what do you do now? It's like, like were you able to get better? Are you just the same? Um, you know, I mean, you, he is coming off of a loss. His loss, his last fight was against Francis Ngannou. I mean, that's how long right. ago it was that he fought. So um, where's his mentality? I mean, it's so far removed. Like, does it affect his psyche at all in terms of that, that it was his last fight was a loss? Um, it, it's really, it's hard to say. Uh, I think John, though, and I've said this about every heavyweight, Guys like Cain Velasquez and Daniel Cormier were such great heavyweight uh, fighters because they were wrestlers. John Jones can wrestle. And all those guys, uh, if he can get you down, I think he can control that top position. And his ground and pound is better than both DC's and Cain Velasquez. You know, like he, he's got elbows, on elbows the ground, nasty. his reach in terms of posturing up in the guard and letting the punches go and then mixing in the elbows with that. Just absolutely nasty. Nasty. So, you know, um, I, I, I agree with you, John. It's not it's not a good fight for Stipe, but I'm not going to count him out. Every time I count, <coughs> sorry, every time I counted that guy out, he found a way to win. So we'll see. I don't. I, you could never count a fighter like Stipe out again. <clears throat> styles make fights, though. This is Stipe. Stipe in a lot of ways lives off of the fact that he can wrestle. He doesn't use it yep. all the time. He uses it when he has to against guys like Ngano or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why he couldn't didn't win against Ngano in that fight. Was he couldn't he couldn't get him to the ground. John's wrestling in MMA is fucking good. Yeah, it's real good, and he's going to be able to put Stipe on the ground on his back. How good is Stipe off of his back? That's not a position for him to be. Yeah. I agree. Uh, there's one last thing I want to chat about real quick is, uh, Dave, I want you, if you can, or did, no, I think I put it in the news source or unless I sent it to you is John and I, we, you know, for a while, we like to joke about my buddy, DC, Daniel Cormier, 
But brother, I got a lot of love for you. I got a lot of respect for you and your career and everything you've done. We've been friends for a long time. But man, stop plagiarizing what John and I do. <laughs> you got a show called Weighing In after we have our show called Weighing In. Dude, you got a show called Three Rounds after we had a show for, for over a year called Five Rounds. Bro, stop plagiarizing other people's stuff. You're just basically stealing what we're doing. Oh, man, I love you, but And I think it's fun. I think it's cute, but it's frustrating. Anyways, love you guys. And uh, <laughs> thanks for watching the Weighing In podcast. And uh, let's have some fun. John, what do you think? Take for everyone away. out there, I hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fights as much as I did. And I'm going to agree with Puck. Dan, come up with your own crap. <laughs> we will see you. <laughs>